I love when the Spirit nudges me through irony. As I read today's gospel preparing to preach, my immediate thought was, oh great, just what I need, an invitation to be judgmental. <laughs> now some of you swifter than I might already see where this is going. The passage immediately put me in mind of believers who seem to lose the forest for the trees, who get caught up in the minutiae of their practices of piety, of their rules for how things should be done, always with an eye for who is not doing it right, so that they can make some small, snide remark about how gauche or unsophisticated or ignorant so-and-so is. Notice, it put me in mind of other believers. I reflected on how hurtful that could be. As someone who had to struggle with Christian understandings that left me on the wrong side of righteousness because of who I love, I remember a much younger self basking in the certainty of the list of sins and wrongs. If we all would just follow the rules, the world would be a better place, and God would be pleased with us all. And although we were quick to judge anyone and everyone, there was a lot of emphasis on sinners, those that were not us the people in the world who were not in right relationship with God. Life, and thank God, faith and understanding, evolved into something much more layered and complex. It just wasn't that simple. But somehow that has not always stopped me from judging others. I just, you know, judge them on different things with a different list of do's and don'ts. In this passage, we see Jesus call out, call out those who would practice the letter of the law and lose the spirit of it, who live into a checklist that deems them righteous before God, but have forgotten or lost the point to live into justice and the love of God. Practices that everywhere point us to the love of neighbor, to the care for all that God has made. This way of life, this type of religious practice, where the form is everything and the content is missing, defiles the sacredness of God's people without even realizing it, leaving them to walk on unmarked graves causing impurity among the people. And then the lawyers, quick to be insulted by this dinnertime conversation at the home of a Pharisee, Jesus always the appropriate guest, are also called out for heaving heavy weights upon the people, not helping them to live into a life with God but instead burdening them with rules that they themselves do not practice. As with most of Jesus' teachings and calls to repentance, 
this passage is not to those people out there who are not part of the community. It is an invitation to repentance and renewal of the people of faith, of the spiritual leaders of the community that gathers in God's name. And then the irony hits me. The word of God, including this passage, is directed at me, at us, as people of the way, who on this journey with our God are seeking to live into God's will. It is an invitation to remember our faith and our practice, to reconnect our spiritual practices to their purpose, which is to help us live into God's justice and love, to be strengthened and informed, to be clear about the very reason we are called together as the body of Christ, to be in the world seeking justice and practicing love, together at the same time, all of it to the best of our abilities and with God's help. We do not come together just to be together. We come together to be fed and strengthened and taught so that we can leave here to live into the purpose of all these practices in the world, outside the pretty red doors that graced most of our church buildings, out there repairing, reconciling the world to God. This is the work for those of us called to serve God's people, to remind them that the point is that we are healed to support the healing of others, that we are set free to set others free that we are loved so that we can love. And if we don't, woe to us. What sorrow, what pity, what distress, what troubles await us on the journey? In this particular passage, we're not condemned to hell. We just miss out on the blessings, the joy, the peace, the strength, all the gifts that living fully with God bring. The passage is clear. Even here, Jesus' love comes through. Don't you see? God wants more for us. What great sadness, what a waste, what unnecessary hurt and heaviness we carry when we are distracted by the very things that are meant to bring us into closer relationship with God. So we are left again with seeking to live into God's will. And it would seem that it is not a rigid taskmaster's list, but instead a blessed walking through life's many twists and turns in the spirit, held and strengthened by God's presence with us. I'll close with a prayer that seemed good to share in a week when we commemorated Indigenous Peoples Day. This particular gift, this blessing, comes to us from the Dene, the, the Navajo peoples. In beauty I walk. With beauty before me I walk 
With beauty behind me, I walk. With beauty above me, I walk. With beauty around me, I walk. It has become beauty again. Today I will walk out. Today everything negative will leave me. I will be as I was before. I will have a cool breeze over my body. I will have a light body. I will be happy forever. Nothing will hinder me. I walk with beauty before me. I walk with beauty behind me. I walk with beauty below me. I walk with beauty above me. I walk with beauty around me. My words will be beautiful. In beauty all day long may I walk. Through the returning seasons may I walk. On the trail marked with pollen may I walk. With dew about my feet may I walk. With beauty before me may I walk. With beauty behind me may I walk. With beauty below me may I walk. With beauty above me may I walk. With beauty all around me may I walk. In old age, wandering on a trail of beauty, lively may I walk. In old age, wandering on a trail of beauty, living again, may I walk. My words will be beautiful. May it be so.